Good morning. Welcome to Ten Strike Community Church. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, so usually at this time of the morning, we have what we call uh, a blessed life moment, and that's just uh, a simple word that I give before we um, we don't take offering by passing a basket around. We have boxes in the back on the by the doors, but uh, it's something that we kind of like to share about sort of the blessings that God gives us and thinking about as we go out from this building, what we're going to be uh, not just giving to this church, this building, but giving to each other and our communities and things like that, in God's name, of course. Uh, and then I usually say a prayer over that. But, all right. So this morning, uh, uh, the, my blessed life moment is called uh, To Caesar and to God. And I start with uh, a passage from Matthew 22. Uh, and it goes, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him, that is Jesus, in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, uh, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, or you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Uh, show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Well, it's Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. And when they had heard these words, they were marveled and left him and went on their way. So this week, as I was contemplating the idea of the blessed life that God provides for us, I found myself asking the Lord, well, what do I give the creator, savior God? How do I bless the blesser? Uh, and the first thing that entered my mind was the famous phrase from this story, um, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is his. Um, and as I went back to this passage and I read the context of that phrase, I was struck by two things. Um, first, what doesn't belong to the Lord? Is it not every fiber of everything? Um, this is why we tithe, not because God needs a paycheck, but to remind us of where our true source of life is. Um, this is why paying our taxes, paying our debts, releasing others from theirs, tipping well even if the service was just adequate, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, showing an undeserved kindness to that difficult person, giving of time we had desired to spend perhaps differently, or any other kind of giving of anything under our responsibility and control is simply giving to God what already belonged to him in the first place. Of course, God doesn't ask this of us without knowing that his economy is more than just self-sustaining. It's backed by something greater than gold. It's upheld by his love and his own sacrifice, his own giving, so that we can give without worry, but can do it genuinely through and with him, I believe, knowing we are not sustained by that other stuff and we lose nothing by passing it on. Second, um, Jesus' response here comes from a questioning of his love and his care or regard for men, um, as the Pharisees put it. Um, but he looks at them and says that you can give these trinkets to kings and tyrants, but give me what really matters. 
Give me those hopes and give me that despair, um, that disappointment and that doubt. Give me those memories and those words that were said to you, perhaps those tears or that time you felt was wasted, those years that slipped away, or that decision that hurts the people that you love, the things that maybe you said. Um, He looked at all mankind, the potential for good, but he also saw all the rampant evil, and he said, give it all to me. I want all of it. I'll pay whatever it takes. And he did. So let's just think about that as we go into this week, that he paid it all, and what we give is maybe perhaps so small, but it's, it's also everything that we are. It's already his. So, Father, we just thank you that we don't have to worry about all these things that swirl around us. It's already yours. It already belongs to you. All we have to do is release, and you will take care of the other end. And we thank you that we can trust you to uphold your economy of hope and love. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Charlie and Yvonne have asked us to agree with them in prayer for their grandkids here. And so why don't you come and stand? Why don't you all stand too? And um, I'm going to have one of you share just a word of what we're agreeing on here. Yeah. This is Karis and this is Kelty. They have a 21-year-old brother named Chance <clears throat> who is totally disabled and wheelchair-bound. He has SMA, as do Karis and Kelty. In that 21 years, the FDA has approved a treatment that is known to stop the deterioration of the muscles and the spine. This week, Chance is the first adult, and Karis and Kelty are going over further treatments the beginning of their treatments. This is going to be an ongoing thing for a while. It is a spinal injection, which they have to be put to sleep. And (laughs) we're just believing this is an answer to our prayers. And that chance will also be a beneficiary of the release that his muscle will come back to him, if nothing else. We just need prayer for the kids. Amen. Yes. Just so that uh, the children would continue to walk without braces, they would uh, have no problem getting around. Chances wheel bound, or wheelchair bound, and that's the only way he can get around. And hopefully this probably is going to help him get up so he can at least stand up and do a few things for himself, prayerfully. And it should. And we need just prayer for them that this would work the way they plan. Uh, Mark and Sue and Adam and Vicki. Excuse me. Andrew and Sarah. I get a few of us represented around here. And uh, Vicki, I believe you're supposed to be going to lead, at least to lead out here in prayer. 
and uh, the rest of you. Well, if there's anybody else that feels led to come up, please do that right now and join in here too. Okay. And uh, you know, just reach out a hand. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You said to anoint the sick with oil and to pray for them, Lord God, and that they would be well, that you would raise up the sick, Lord God. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that it's called SMA. SMA will bow its knee to Jesus. I thank you that SMA is defeated in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, you said that you came to heal us from all diseases. Lord, you said in your word that we should um, bless you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, all your maladies, every unwholesome condition. And we call SMA unwholesome condition, that it is defeated in the name of Jesus in these bodies. Lord, we lift up chance and what are the and Karis and Kelty in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak your wholeness and health over them, Lord. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that this treatment would be effective. Lord God, we thank you that you are the overseeing physician, that you are the great physician, Lord. Father, we speak health and wholeness into these three young ones' bodies, including Chance, Lord, as an adult still, Lord. He's young, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we speak your health and wholeness into their bodies, Lord. We declare your word over them that by your stripes that they are healed, Lord Jesus. You said you sent your word to heal them. Lord, you sent your word to heal them. So, Lord, I ask that your word right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we proclaim your word over their bodies. In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus over them. Lord God, we ask, Father, that um, your angels, Lord, you'd release your attending angels, your servant angels, Lord God, to watch over this procedure that they're going to have, Lord God. Father, that everything would go perfectly, Lord. Father, that there would be no harm, there would be no mistakes in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you that you are the great physician. You are their great physician, Lord. And we just thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that, um, that you are overseeing, Lord, that you are healing, Lord. We just proclaim you as the healer over their bodies, and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I ask for the peace that passes all understanding, Father, for Grandma and Grandpa. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that faith would arise in their hearts, that they'd be persuaded of your goodness. They'd be persuaded, Lord God, that indeed you are good and that you are watching over their grandchildren and that you love their grandchildren and that your plan for them is for good and not for evil and to give them a hope and a future. Lord, we just thank you for the destiny that you have in the lives of these three. Lord, and we just ask that your, the destiny that you have ordained for them would be fulfilled, that the enemy would not be able to abort it in any way. We just call him a defeated foe, and we thank you, Jesus, that you are the victor, that you are the giver of life. 
Thank you, Lord. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in their mortal bodies and will quicken their mortal bodies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Um, Thank you, Tim, Lord. do you have something to address here in prayer? I just sense there's a spirit of infirmity here. Of some kind getting that too. Why don't you come around here to, 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 to look at Father God in the name of Jesus I stand with my brothers and my sisters in the name of Jesus and we take authority because Jesus Christ lives in us. Father in the generational curse and the things that have come through the generations from the third and fourth the Bible says God we take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Faith rises through dozens of dozens of people in this room and we say you curse you spirit of infirmity from this family be loosed and get off of them and this family in the name of Jesus we don't have fear we don't have torment we don't have shame we don't have we have the spirit of adoption we have the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and I thank you that it rises up out of us in the name of Jesus and does a powerful work this miracle we ask for together corporately we can feel the compassion from from these folks and we thank you for just rising up and doing that work in the name of Jesus we thank you right now let it be done in Jesus name hallelujah thank you Lord Sing with me. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Surely sorrows and by his stripes we are healed on the cross on the cross crucified great sorrow he died the giver of life is he Yet my Lord was despised, rejected of men, this Jesus of Galilee. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised.
Praise God. Amen. We stand together in prayer for one another and for our loved ones. That's the thing in the body of Christ. We we, uh, have that opportunity. We have that privilege to do And it, uh, thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to switch a few other things that we had here for today. I do have a few announcements to make here. Uh, Tuesday evening, there's a Darling Colson, it's her birthday, Tuesday, and uh, from 5.30 to 8 o'clock, It'll be an open house type birthday party for her at the Super Buffet in Bemidji. This Wednesday, 6.30, Tim and Kathy Pomp will be leading right here at the church house a deliverance, healing and deliverance service. That's uh, Wednesday at 6.30. And then also something we wanted to note just out ahead of time, there's a Colton Dixon Hawk Nelson concert in Grand Forks, Saturday, March 3 at 7 o'clock. And we've sent out a promo video for that. Uh, it's, there's a link both on Facebook and, and our emails that we've sent out that you can look at. Uh, and that's coming up. And uh, Chantel, you could ask Chantel Dudley if you have questions or things about that. She has some group tickets lower priced ones and then we want you to know that we have our financial information sheet for TCC on the office window counter in the foyer for 17 2017 that is there available Um, just going to go quickly through a few things I want you to know that um, we as a church family are able to give regularly every month to certain ministries. And the truth is, by giving financially to these people and ministries, we have and are a part in these ministries. And those ministries are listed on the screen there. They're Light to the Nations with Adam and Vicki Sharon, Truebridge Apostolic Covering, uh, that's our apostolic covering, which we began that connection 2014. I'm going to skip over some of that. Well, real quick here. Jim McCracken, Doug Wing, Larry Dorman are some of the apostolic, apostolic leadership there. And um, we actually at our church hosted a True Bridge Women's Retreat here in October of this last year. Men's Retreat is coming up in February, and it's at Country Faith Church. There's brochures on our Welcome Center desk. And then there's also a Truebridge Conference in April, uh, as you see there in Eden Prairie, uh, which is very good. It's the focus this year is on the Holy Spirit. We also uh, support monthly Living Waters. That's Carol and Ronnie Ruano and Kate Zaltanango. Uh, Antonio Negrete, Laredo, Texas, 
and Mexico and other Central American nations. And the Children's Church also give offerings regularly for Antonio. Um, New Horizons or Ves Vessels Ministries, that's Dave and Sue Steinhorst. And you received uh, an email alert about praying for them because the leader of that ministry, the one that's been helping them to funnel the, their funds to the right place, has passed away a couple days ago, Dr. Pash. And so special prayer for them at this time. We also give monthly to the Northwoods Pregnancy Center in Bemidji, uh, Upper Amazon Missions, Clark and Beth Barnard, His Servant Ministries, that's Dwayne Erickson, uh, and the, that's the Beltrami County Jail, and also to uh, Phil and Sandy Tepley, that's Missions U.S. in Canada. And this month, we've just added now Bended Knee Ministries, Kent and Chantal Dudley. And so those are ones we give out each month. And then um, some special TCC family giving that we've done in this last year, other than the regularly monthly ones, uh, we were able to give $5,000 toward the Dudley's van. We're so happy about that. Uh, the refugees in Turkey there through John Peterson, you can see the numbers up there. Hurricane Harvey, uh, Alyssa, uh, who is continuing to improve. She's the one who was injured with the tree falling on her at Diamond Point Park, but she continues to progress. They had told her she would have, after surgery, there'd be no movement from the neck down, but she's actually in a wheelchair now. She feeds herself, and I believe she's starting to stand up even and moving her leg, I believe. Someone told me this morning. Uh, 880 for Brittany Fairbanks down in Mexico. Um, we were able to give $1,000 to a, a new church plant in Erskine, Pastor Jim Bender, and then we have the baby bottles for the pregnancy center and the Gideon bottles. We have question marks because we aren't sure actually what those offerings were. And then we had special projects there, resurfacing of our parking lot, the sanctuary screen projector, which we're using right now, a new refrigerator in the kitchen. Those are some of them. Lord, how do you want us to do this today now? Joan, let's, let's go for it. Let's have you share what you have ready to share today. Um, these are some giving opportunities for this coming year now. And uh, Joan is good to help us give a little further detail, more details on what that is actually. You want to put the first <clears throat> slide up. Decide pictures are a lot better than just hearing me say something. <laughs> um, so what we want to do um, <clears throat> for this part is the um, face and the, the post there. It's metal flashing that's on there right now and we want to put wood on it and beef it just to make it look better. That was our original intent way back, but we're gonna do it now. 
and then notice like the brick, or the brick, the stone work um, there, we're going to carry that over. Okay, you can go to the next slide. We're gonna bring that over here and um, replace the planters because they're falling apart. And so um, we'll have post and then the, the stonework um, to match what's out front here. And then the, um, the stonework that comes up around the, the base of the building here will um, go across the front here also. Um, so they'll match, they look like they belong together and were built at the same time. Um, and then we will also be replacing the siding. Go to the next one. Um, so this siding was put on in 1968. So I th we probably got our service out of it. <laughs> um, and you can show the next one too. I just, it's wore out. <laughs> um, so we'll be replacing the siding and next one and um, also along this side. And um, the wood under the window wells must not have been treated, right? <laughs> it's rotting. Um, but uh, so this, the whole building there will be recited to match this building. And um, next one. And the end will be doing some changes here too, because this, this wood is is needs to be replaced. Um, and one more, I guess, yeah, it's the same thing. So um, we'll get that done, and then the cross will be lit again after that. And, um, oh, I forgot. I was gonna put a picture of the sign up out there. Um, the sign that's out there, um, the electronic sign will go above that. Um, so that is what we are planning come next spring. Okay, thank you. I just want to thank the folks that worked on coming up with that list. I know Joan did, Sue did, Kathy Cooley did, I know Joyce worked on it. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Oh, I bet. Anyway, we thank them for doing that and coming up with this. And, and then we'll show that line of the 35,000 is the total needed for the sign and, and this other things that Joan just showed us. These are giving opportunities. And uh, we currently have a 12,402 now in our current building fund. And so 35,000 minus that is 22, so that's what we have left. I believe we can do that. The Lord will do it, right? Amen. And so we just give you thanks for it, Lord. And I'm going to, sometime later, I'll talk more about building and grounds and church, different things, uh, some really good reports. I got a lot of lists of things here. And you can see the ones filled in maybe. Those, those are all projects that have been done since like September here. I don't know how many there are, but there's a lot of them. But then there's some blank ones and we'll be showing you sometime later the blank ones too so that you might be one that could help to do that.
And then also, I want to talk at a future time. What I'm wanting to do is get to a testimony of healing here that Paul and Cheryl often are going to share, and I want to give time for that, so that's why I'm going to be doing some of these things at a later time. But we'll talk about Ten Strike Community Church, as Joan said, 1968. Well, that siding lasted for 50 years, that was, but that's also when the Ten Strike Community Church began. And so this is 50 years, and that's a jubilee year, and we're going to be talking more about what that is, what jubilee is. Uh, hallelujah. We're going to be looking at that. And Jubilee can be, it's like for a time for a church, but also for us as individuals. For us as individuals and in our families and so forth. And we'll be talking a little more vision casting for us as a church and our church, you know, our uh, mission statements and those kind of things in weeks that, that come up here now. But I'd like to ask Paul and Cheryl to come up here now, and they're going to, and I'll stay up here with you too, I believe. And uh, <clears throat> I'll just have you come right up here. We're glad to have Cheryl with us. Amen. <laughs> You can stand. You can both stand up there. Okay, I got these turned on for you. Oh, you got one already. Yep. Got two. Okay. Hi, everyone. Most of you guys know me. Um, the ones that don't, my name is Cheryl Hofflin. Um, this is my husband Paul. My kids, Amanda, Beth, and Austin. I was getting there. <laughs> We're not nervous. My son Michael isn't here today. He uh, had to be on call at the IT department for the Sanford Clinic and Hospitals, so he's with us in heart. Um, most of you guys know that I was um, near death here back in September on Beth's birthday. Um, the day before, my I had had a sinus infection about a month, um, been fighting it, kind of ignored it, I guess and it started to go down into my teeth. So I was putting ice on it, not a big deal, go away. Um, we were out at Sanford and Carmen Ropp's house for a picnic the Sunday night, and my ear popped, and I started to feel sick. I got a headache, um, my neck was stiff, uh, my stomach was upset, kind of blew it off. We went home, called the clinic the next day, went in, they told me I had an ear infection. So. Uh, it took about three hours for them to get my medication. Decided I was going to go home and rest because my stomach was upset. And Paul had went out to the food plot. Not a big deal. I usually fall asleep. Kids don't wake me up. They came home. Um, and that's really all I remember. Paul is going to have to say the rest because I don't remember anything else. <laughs> so he can go into details on that one. From there on in, I got home later on. Austin had come home and talked to her just a little bit. Um, but kind of noticed something wasn't quite right. Told her that she was, he was going to call me, but she said no. And then Beth came home, and I believe she had a little interaction, but she wasn't really, I think she was sleeping at that time, already out. But I came home at about 7 o'clock, and I noticed that she was resting. We had talked about it. She needed to rest. She seemed very tired. 
So she was laying on the recliner and I covered her up a little bit more and I noticed about every half an hour, 45 minutes she would roll. So I left her sleep until 10 and then at 10 o'clock she coughed a little bit and I went over to wake her up and turned the light on and I couldn't get her awake. She was not responsive. So I ran downstairs and I got Austin because I couldn't get her up. I ran outside and got the pickup and we got her inside the pickup, Austin and I did, and Beth, and I rushed her to North, or um, the hospital anyway, Sanford, and got there. They threw her in, in uh, the room and the doctor started working on her. They did a CT scan right away and they were doing all the different testings and Doc came back and said that she has air on her brain and they did a CT scan and they treated her. There was only a 15% chance that they, the results would have came out because the MRI was not operating at that point. It was raining heavy that night. But the airlifter out to Fargo. So then they, I was going to go along, but it was raining too hard, and he said it would be better if I drove, so I drove. And we all got down there. Mandy was gone, and Michael and all the kids were going down, and we were all praying for her. And, uh, Docs went down there and did more testing and stuff, and then uh, eventually they got her into the, her room. Uh, they actually shifted her from the South Hospital over to the North Hospital. And it was a long, hard night, but we all stayed up all night with her and stayed at her side as much as we could. The next, yeah, I'll get to that. But um, through the night and during the day, and then the doc came in, um, and the reports was that she had bacterial meningitis on her brain, and they figured that she had it over 14 days, and doc said, I don't see much hope for her. Uh, I've been here for all these years and I've never seen anybody with her condition walk out of here. And if she would walk out of here, she would be like a stroke victim or something on that order. Uh, and then I reflected back on the studies that we had been doing. And The thing that I remembered is the Lord told me through scriptures, hang on to my hand and trust me. And I thought about that, and that's what went through my mind, and it gave me great comfort. And the pastor had called me when he found out about it, and we had called a lot of our friends and our people that were praying for us because we had a lot of people praying for us. Our church family, you guys are a blessing. We did not feel alone. And pastor asked if he should come up and I said, yes, please. And pastor Dean and Pastor Kent and uh, 
they all three came up uh -uh, and anointed her. And there was lots of people praying. And I think the second day had passed and that same doctor came to me and told me the same results. He says, I don't see much hope for her to make it out of here. But she said, I've never seen so many people standing by her side. And this is part of what I came out of my scriptures is that there is, is there anyone who is sick? He should send for the church elders who will pray for him and rub oil over on him in the name of the Lord. The prayer made in faith will heal the sick person. The Lord will restore him to health. The sin he has committed will be forgiven. We have such a great and awesome God that we serve, and he is all-powerful, can do anything. I believe in that. My wife believes in that. So that gave me great comfort through all this. I think it was the third or fourth day. Her sisters were up there. Her brothers were up there. Family was up there. We were in tears and crying and praying and celebrating because we seen her eyes open the one day and the doctor said that wasn't, she didn't give much hope in that. The next time her brother and her sister-in-law was in there and she rolled her head and opened her eyes and little by little we seen more and more results coming out and our hope was in the Lord and the Lord's hand was showing. The nurses shook their heads, the doctor didn't know what to say. Uh, but we knew, we knew that the Lord's hand was on her. And it wasn't too long, then she was put into another room. They moved her out of ICU, and she was in a recovery, and finally she came home and was on antibiotics for a couple weeks. But the thing that I look at this whole story is... What's impossible for man is not impossible for God. So, and the other thing is, my heart was so warmed by all of your outreaches of love. And I begged God for her life. And he answered it. And I know, we've been studying in our groups and stuff. I know the power of God. And he's done other things in my life that I've seen. And I've seen and heard stories from you guys. You guys are a huge inspiration to us. And all the things that go on. But to have my wife at my side, and to have God give me that gift back to me. And I treasure it so much every day. But I so much appreciate the faith that I see around in this church and the people around me and the people that prayed and the gathering that the outreach of people, it inspires me. And pastor sent me the healing scriptures in there and I would read those to her. Uh, the encouragement, we all need that from time to time when we're on our low points in our life. 
And our family is so appreciative of all of that and all the outreach that came afterwards. So. He, uh, he neglected to say that the, um, 20, the night of the 25th or the morning of the 26th, they put me on a respirator. Um, so the respirator was breathing for me. Uh, and I was, I had that for about four days. About four days. Um, my little grandson Tanner and my granddaughter Mariah would, um, I was told later that they were praying and Tanner said, God, the only thing I want for my birthday was my Grammy to open her eyes. Well, September 29th, um, that afternoon, I guess, I opened up my eyes. I actually came to. Um, they asked me what day it was. I didn't know. I thought it was still the 25th. <laughs> um, they told me it was the 29th, and I kind of glanced over, and, and of course I couldn't talk yet because they had the respirator in, and, and when they took it out, I looked over at Tanner, and I says, well, happy birthday, buddy. And I, I guess he started to cry. Um, they kept me in ICU that night. The next day, they brought me down to the second floor. And um, the second floor, I started to have things happen to me that I can't even explain. Um, this song kept playing over and over and over in my head, and I swore it was out on a speaker. And I kept asking my daughter, Amanda, I said, can you hear that? She goes, hear what, Mom? I said, can you hear that song? It's God is great, amazing grace. And she goes, Mom, I don't hear nothing. And I said, I can hear it, and I started singing it. Well, she goes, Mom, be careful, don't say much. They're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, and this went on for four days straight. Every time I closed my eyes, I would see a dark shadow over the top of my body and go up a wall with digital stuff. And um, I couldn't even explain it. I'd, and it was all the time, every time I closed my eyes. And um, when I got home, I started searching the internet and I found the song with this digital. I'd never seen this digital part of it before in my life. And, and I think, do you want us to do that now or, or at the end? When you're done with the test. Okay. Um, anyhow, these dark shadows, I can't, it's hard to explain what they would come down go over the top of my body, down onto the ground, and then back up this wall. But it would kind of stop, and then this digital would kick in, and this song was playing all the time. The th third day, um, no, it was a the fourth day. The fourth day, I was sleeping, or at least I thought I was sleeping. Um, but my body was, I was standing, and there was somebody standing next to me. I couldn't see the face. I could only see from like the chest down. I could see a little rope. There were sandals and it was like a cloth. And it kept pointing to my body. I was sleeping on, on the bed. I was all curled up sleeping like I normally would and it just pointed at the body and I kind of looked at the finger and I looked down and I looked back at my body and I was like, I don't get this. And it did it again. Well, remembering the way I grew up, that meant 
you're to go back to that body. You're not to be here. You're not done on earth. And so as it was pointing, I woke up. When I woke up, the music quit, the shadows quit, um, the digital stuff quit. You know, and right then and there I knew my guardian angel had protected me from this dark shadow. And that God had brought me back to my body to be able to tell my testimony on what it's like to see God's miracle out there. Um, I wasn't scared at all. It was the most peace I'd ever had in my life. You know, I can't even explain it. And, and now to this day, I'm not that same person I was before. I, it, it just changes you. You know, you look, you look at it and, and I'm not afraid to tell people, I know that was God. And I know God wanted me to live, you know, so that I could tell people of that miracle, you know, and, but it was, I was, it was kind of funny when the, when I was, they were telling me, you know, not to say anything, because I wanted to tell everybody. There was one lady, um, she was a CNA. I told her about it. She was right on track with it. Her and I talked for about a half an hour about God. We prayed, which you don't see much of that in, you know, in, in some of the hospitals, but she sat and prayed with me. She was my aide for two nights. I, I wasn't allowed to be alone at all. Somebody had to be in my room with me. I didn't know why. I think it was because I stood up one time and I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but Yeah, one of the things that I noticed uh, with the nurse's station there, first of all, I got kicked out of the room and um, it was one of the nurses that came in and, and he was just trying to do his job. But he said, people can't stay in there when they're that sick. You're in the way. And I said, I know that I need to be here because I know how to take care of her and the little things because she has um, sweats at times and they run the fans and you gotta, and so you have to monitor them. Um, but I went and talked to a supervisor and then uh, I went in and I told him I was gonna do that and he nodded his head. But after I went and talked to the supervisor, he became the best nurse ever. Then he came back and he said, you know what, I would have never known what to do like you did. Uh, that was awesome. They also said I'd never seen so much support in the hospital for so long. This doesn't happen so much anymore. There used to be a lot more people around them and surrounding them and taking care of them. The other thing that I remember too is that when we were in the room praying uh, with pastor and anointing, uh, my wife, is that we prayed against any of the Satan's hands and stuff and evil spirits and things like that because I know around us we have God our Father which is in authority of over everything he has all power and might and I believe in him and I worship him and I want to be with him um, we did pray around that and I think part of what she's seen in there is I do believe that there were spirits around but they can't touch us when we have God the Father on us and God does protect and, and take care of us but we do need to ask, and we do need to reach out. And I was so grateful for the people that came and for Pastor to be there. And the really other interesting thing is Pastor Dean. And Pastor came in one car, and Pastor Kent was coming, but they didn't know when he was coming. And as they all walked in, they walked in together. <laughs> 
that was kind of orchestrated, I think, on God's part of it yeah. all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we think we have a lot of things putting it all together, but God has it orchestrated. So, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I am blessed <clears throat> to have a God that I worship that is so good to me and our family. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Is that that scripture? Is that that one? Why don't you share that before we... I just have a little verse here that I, Pastor Steve and I come across that I'd like to kind of share because this kind of fits exactly where I'm at. I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. So. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so what we're going to do now is we'll have you all stand with us, and we're going to show a video. And this is the one that Cheryl was talking about. That It's really what she saw when she was... in the hospital there, and she saw this. All the time. All the time. And, and this song, this is the song, but this is what she saw, and she had never seen this video before. And uh, so, well, we're gonna, we're gonna see if we can't just sing along with this. It's our God is an awesome God, I believe. So we can start that, Anthony, and, and we'll, uh, we'll sing, sing along with. Yeah.
Hallelujah. So that's what you saw and that's what you heard. It's going over and over and over and over. Four days straight. <laughs> Until deliverance came. Hallelujah. Charlie and Yaman. Hallelujah. Your grandkids are relieving. We stand with each other as a church family with stuff like this. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you two, if you could just go by the back door there to let the people greet you, give you a hug or whatever. And uh, one thing I know that Joan would want me to share is when you give to the, for the building fund, make sure you mark, put, like, put it in an envelope and mark it for that. Otherwise, we don't know that's what you want it for. So just to let you know. If you would like prayer, you can come forward. There will be ministers here to pray with you. We have a lunch, shepherd's pie, the youth are making for us. So God bless. down.